From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm still not always sure whether pressure is real or perceived. And when it comes to the Super Bowl, I'm not sure when we look at these two quarterbacks who has the most on the line or how to process which quarterback might be under the most pressure. We're asking you guys to chime in on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll take your calls. Bunch of you guys are on the line. We'll make sure we get to those in a second. But Harry, like I say perceived because I, I, I'm just being real, man. Like sometimes I feel like we manufacture pressure conversations because of this perception of what we expect from guys instead of just allowing the moment to be the moment. Like I, I as I recorded the ESPN Radio Sports Beat today, what I said at the time was, you know, in my mind, maybe we should, instead of worrying about what this means for these quarterbacks in 10 years, just focus on this weekend. Like I don't think there's an abnormal amount of pressure on necessarily – either of these teams but we're like we we want everything to be bigger and about more legacy and about longer spans of time and as a result sometimes it feels like we create these Mount Rushmore pressure conversations but I'm not sure you know you're in locker rooms like you're really feeling more pressure than another team for another year because you might not get back to the Super Bowl well uh, I will say this and the great teams who you know have great leadership from top to bottom what you understand about this game yes the Super Bowl but you kind of approach it the same way you approach most of the, your, all your games this entire season. I think the more you try to make of the game, I think that's when you start to press a little bit more. That's when you start to do things that's abnormal and that you aren't accustomed to doing so. Um, are the stakes higher? Yes. Is it the same game we've been playing since we were four and five years old? Yes. Mm. So approach it that way and have fun and don't get too tight. And you don't want to take things too serious as, uh, as well. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's one of the things Andy Reid and also Nick Sirianni is preaching to his team. Um, be loose, guys. Enjoy this process. Enjoy this moment. Uh, but carpe diem sees it as well. Yeah, well, carpe diem in part because you never know when you're going to get back and you never know when you'll have the opportunity again. That being said... Dan Orlovsky, friend of the show, friend of both of us, a buddy, ESPN football analyst, was on Get Up, and this is what he had to say about why the Eagles could win multiple championships with this team. I think if the Eagles don't become a dynasty, it's a disappointment. The, the way the roster is built. So in 2020, this was a bad roster. Howie Roseman rebuilt this roster in two years. And to RC's point, that they have got a, a, a great young nucleus. They've got two first-round picks this year. Jalen Hurts is only we, – we have never seen a, Jalen Hurts stay, stand still. He's never plateaued yeah, in the real. six or seven years we've watched him play football. He's only gotten better. Mm, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that with the simple fact that when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, and we got to remember who, who's going to be free agents after this season, after this Super Bowl – they have eight guys defensively, and I'll say probably seven if you take away Robert Quinn because he's been hurt. But you talk about Fletcher Cox, who plays a major role on this team. Brandon Graham, who plays a major role. Javon Hargrave, James Bradbury, Kyrzeer White, TJ Edwards, CJ Gardner-Johnson, Linval Joseph, Ndamukong Sue. All of these guys on the defensive side of the ball are going to be free agents after this football game. Now, let me take it to the offensive side of the ball, Fitz. Jason Kelly, um, excuse me, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Samello, 
Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, that's four guys right there on the offensive side of the ball that are going to be free agents. How are the Eagles supposed to sign every last one of those guys? Uh, How? They're not. And that becomes, you know, you're right. That's such a huge part of this conversation. And and it's just, I'll wear my fan hat, my personal fan hat. I remember at the end of the 2002 season when the Raiders lost the Super Bowl, coming off of an MVP year for Rich Gannon, uh, a, a, a run of years, three straight wins, years with double-digit wins. I thought, man, it's going to be fine. We're just going to restock and reload. And then I ended up watching, I think it was 12 straight years of double-digit losses. I remember 2016, the Raiders went 12-4, and four and, and they made it to the playoffs, and Derek Carr got injured, and I thought, oh, next year. Next year's going to be great. We still got Cooper. We still got Mack. We still got Derek Carr the next year. Six and ten. I remember last year watching a Raiders team go ten and seven, thinking this is just the beginning of what of more misery this year. Like sometimes we get so consumed with the fact that we think success right now travels forward, but the whole beauty of the NFL is that it doesn't. Like what's beautiful about the NFL is that we went into this season saying that the AFC West would be the most difficult division we'd ever seen, and that the AFC East and the NFC East were gonna suck, and we were wrong about all of that. So why are we? sitting here now saying uh, well, it would be a disappointment if they don't go to multiple Super Bowls when the beauty of the sport is that it wildly turns over every year. Yep. And excuse me, I, I, I wouldn't talk. Robert Quinn has been playing all year. I, I was thinking about Derek Barnett. He was a guy that, you know, played a major role for this team in years prior. He's been hurt all year. But uh, I'm, I'm with you, Fitz. Every year is different. And you can't just bank on – I personally went through that in Atlanta. When you go 13-3 and three one year and you make it to the NFC Championship game and you think you're going to be right there, but you have a ton of veterans on your team and those guys have to get paid, and then the next year you don't even make the playoffs or have a winning record. So I, I know what that's like. Not saying that's going to be the Eagles, but you just can't say just the, just the way they're built this season and not look at the totality of everything and who's going to be able to come back, who's going to be able to get paid. On top of they have to pay their quarterback in Jalen Hurts as well. Can we also acknowledge the 49ers keep getting close to the Super Bowl and nobody's sitting there saying, well, they're just an abject disappointment. Like, this is such a disappointment. <laughs> they're in the middle of the window and they're not a disappointment, you know? Uh, at some point, that's the maddening part of it. By the way, is your check engine light on? Don't ignore it. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let their professional parts people scan and diagnose the problem for free. They even help you find a repair shop if you need it. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Mach in Alaska. When Mach calls, Mach gets through. Like, at this point, Mach needs a bat phone, a special phone number. Mach, what you got? Thanks for joining the Wolfpack. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think that uh, Jalen Hurts has way more pressure on him. Fitz, you know, he uh, if he doesn't play well in the Super Bowl and he has a regression next year, Howie Rosen proved that he will and can move off of a big-money quarterback, and he does a great job of reloading his team every couple of years. You know, I would love to have him on the Raiders. No. Hey, roll. Uh, <laughs> I that's mean, what I got. Thanks, guys. Macho. Yeah. Like at this point, <laughs> I'd love to have any quarterback on the Raiders. I, I mean, like at this point, I, I'm pretty sure Harry Douglas is going to be the starting quarterback for the Raiders next year. But he's still going to do this show. Fear not, everybody. We'll just do the show <laughs> in between practices. Uh, no, but I, that's actually a good point, Macho. I mean, organizationally, they've proven they can pay somebody and move off of them. So maybe there is sustained success pressure Ooh. in that sense. I, I, I like but, that. But point. Here's, here's here's my thing though. But how many times are you going to test that well how many times do you want to test that well mm, right when you true. say you can move off of your quarterback and uh go be able to get somebody else it's not a necessary it's not a given that that next person is going to pan out 
Like, thank goodness that they had Jalen Hurts and they decided to draft him in the second round and he's been able to pan out to the guy that, you know, they drafted him to be. But who's to say the next guy that you move on to is going to be that way? Now, uh, sometimes, uh, peek behind the curtain, Evan, producer extraordinaire, he he talks to you guys. He screens the calls. That's what they call it. He, he finds out where you're calling from, who you are, and what you want to talk about. And then he gives us a little note so we know the topic. I'm actually going to this now because I've got to hear what this person wants. Corey in Delaware has an Eagles take that I've got to hear, Corey. What do you got? Thanks for calling the show. First of all, I want to say bless and hello, fellas. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Thank you for being on, my man. And I, I, I want to say Max is crazy. We don't know what he's talking about, but maybe we need to do a wellness check on him. But anyways, <laughs> Jalen Jalen Hurt, as, as the Eagles team, we're still not getting enough respect. Everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes' legacy, this, that, and the third. You don't think Jalen Hurts is taking that? In, taking all that in and everything he's dealt with his whole career, he's just putting that right on his plate. And he's, I guarantee you, mark my words, you might say I'm crazy, we're winning by 14, 100%. So, Corey, thanks for the call. Here's here's the reason I want to pull this up. What you just predicted is what I hear almost everybody at ESPN predicting. Yeah, we're having Mahomes conversations, but, I mean, Kenny and Carlin, last week, the, the great show that comes on after us, was talking about a double-digit Eagles win. Harry picked the Eagles already in this show to win the Super Bowl. I, I'm watching our NFL Live experts. Yeah, we're having Mahomes uh, conversations, but most people that I'm hearing right now are picking the Eagles. I don't think there's some great disrespect. And, Harry, you've been around college football a ton. You've been around Alabama a ton. I was around Jalen Hurts, like I said earlier, for that national championship team. I genuinely don't think Jalen Hurts gives even the tiniest give a damn what we say about Patrick Mahomes or anybody else. Part of what makes Jalen Hurts yep. special is that he genuinely, unlike Aaron Rodgers, he does not hear the outside noise. He does not care about the outside noise. You can say whatever you want. He's not adding it to his plate because he doesn't have time for it. Well, that's what I love about Jalen Hurts. That's why I don't worry about him in adverse situations because everything uh, that I've seen from Jalen Hurts up in, uh, up until this point has shown me that he's going to face adversity, punch it in the mouth, and overcome it, right, and put his team in position and himself in a position to be successful. So I'm never worried about Jalen Hurts, and he's the type of guy, leader, that I would love on my team or love to coach uh, someday as well. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're going to keep breaking down everything you need to know, and we'll keep letting you chime in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. What I do know is that even through the Super Bowl, there are certain people that are not involved in the Super Bowl that we love talking about, quarterbacks particularly. Well, what if I told you we're going to talk to somebody that's a star player for a team that might be able to give us a slight hint on where Aaron Rodgers is going? I'm just saying, that's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. I hope so. In 1946, Marion Motley and Bill Willis were two of the first African Americans to play pro football. They went on to win five consecutive championships with the Browns. But it was their perseverance that helped convince Brooklyn Dodgers general manager Branch Rickey that Jackie Robinson could break baseball's color barrier the very next year. and Harry, the podcast.
With the 36th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Brees Hall, running back, Iowa State. Better buckle your chin strap when, he, when it comes time for him to finish. Counter handoff. Up the middle goes Brees Hall. He's at the 30. At the 25-20. Right side, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Bro, like, we're so good. Like, we can, we have so much potential to be so good. We just got to keep chipping away at it. All with blockers in front. Has a crease to the 45, to the 50. Left sideline, 40. Down the sideline, 30. He's gone! 20, 10, 5. Touchdown! I always make fun of Garrett uh, and all the other rookies up for offensive rookie of the year. I always tell them if I was if I didn't get hurt, I would have been walking away with it. Brees Hall, house call. ESPN 98.7 New York on the call there. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I, you know what, Harry? It's rare that I toot my own horn, but you and I were together hosting the digital NFL Draft show. I remind people all the time. We've done it uh, every year. I've done it six years now. Ten million people watched last year. Really proud of the work we do on that digital platform. And uh, when Brees Hall was selected, I loudly said home run. In fact, I may or may not have put a little cash early on on Offensive Rookie of the Year going to Brees Hall. So nobody other than Brees was more upset when he got injured because, let's face it, I was I was ready to buy myself a steak dinner. Brees Hall hangs out with us now. Our Wolfback joins by, joined uh, by Reese. Uh, Brees, it, it grows by one. That's what I'm trying to figure out how to say. Brees, appreciate your time. I think it's interesting because last night the Jets obviously got a ton of recognition for Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner for Rookie of the Year awards. All joking aside... What is it that bonds you guys together since you've all come into the league together at the same time and you've had this level of dominance as a group? Um, really just, you know, our desire to be great. Um, you know, we were what New York needed in a way with us coming in and instantly wanting to make an impact and um, the swag we have on the field. You know, when all three of us step out on the field, we think we're the best players. So um, we come with that mentality to practice, to meetings, to games, you know, each and every day. So I think that played a big part in it. And that was our our veterans, they did a good job of just, you know, helping us out, um, showing us the way. And all we have to do is play ball. So it was fun for sure. Now, Brees, I got to get straight to the point, man. Mm-hmm. You you was on Canty and Carlin. You said you knew a little something, something about the quarterback position. <laughs> Are you comfortable telling us what that something, something is, my Tell man? Tell us something, something about something, something. No, I ain't going to say too much on it. Just like I said the other day, I just know a little something about fun, so... You know, I, I trust our GM that they're going to bring the right guys in and keep the right guys in the building. So I'm confident with that for sure. But I do have to ask you this, man. If you had an opportunity to go out there and get Aaron Rodgers, would you love to play with a guy like Aaron Rodgers or, or Derek Carr, any one of those guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure anybody would love to play with, you know, uh, top-tier quarterback. So it would, it would be a blessing for sure. How do you? How much do you guys talk about? Like, because we came into our production meeting, and I'm just going to throw our producer under the bus, Evan. He's a huge Jets fan, so I think there was 10 minutes of our production meeting about you know the fact that uh, the Jets owners last night said they'd be aggressive in acquiring a quarterback. I mean, in the locker room, how much are you guys talking about just the talk that's coming from the organization? Um, we don't talk about it too much. You know, we focus on those 52 guys that we have in the locker room uh, right then and there. You know, and focus on the task at hand. So during the season, you know, we were worried about the game. We weren't worried about quarterback situation or anything like that. You know, we, we felt like our coaches were going to put us in the best position to win each and every weekend. That's what we're focused on. I got to ask you about your rehab. How's your knee recovering? Um, what stages are you in? Are you going to make a full recovery? When do you think you'll be back to, you know, activities and OTAs? Yeah, I'm uh, doing really well right now. Just starting to run around and stuff like that. 
knees doing well, feeling good. Um, got my full range of motion and stuff. So um, I'm looking to make a full recovery. Um, and I'm a little ahead of schedule right now. So just got to keep chipping away at it. Can I ask y'all what's in the water? Because, you know, back in 2009, mm. I, tore my, I tore my ACL, right? I tore my ACL, meniscus, bone fracture, everything. Mm. Uh, just everything in my knee. And it literally took me, man, about a year and a half and some change, I would even add to that, to get back to normal. But nowadays, you guys are coming back from knee injuries like, 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 like people eat Skittles and M&Ms, man. Well, what, what's the formula? <laughs> tell, tell me what's going on with y'all body. What are you drinking? What are you eating? Um... You know, just having really good nutrition and um, just good rehab. You know, our trainers do a real good job of trying to get us back as quick, quickly, but as effectively as, as possible but while still being safe with us. So I just think it comes uh, full circle with all that type of stuff. And um, as much as it's on you, it's on them as well. So it's definitely a team effort. We're talking to Brees Hall. And, Brees, one reason I was really excited to talk to you is because you can give us a little bit of perspective on somebody that the whole league is talking about. You were teammates with Brock Purdy. And, you know, I think any of us that cover college football looked at Brock Purdy and the success he had this year and said, holy cow, you know this guy better than most. What did you see from Brock Purdy, the pro, and and what were your thoughts on it? Oh, just that confidence. You know, when Brock's on, he's on. So um, it really surprised me. And just talking to him and, He's telling me that he has so many guys, so many playmakers around him, so all he had to do was get them the ball. Um, he didn't think he had to do anything special, anything extra. He was just you know, playing football when, the, when it came time to make a play. Now, your, 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 your first year, your rookie year is complete. What is one thing that you've learned this past season that you can take into, you know, your second year into the NFL? Um, just to have, like, a consistent routine uh, every week with, um, how you eat, you know, how you're doing your recovery, um, how much time you're spending in the training room and stuff like that. That stuff all matters. But, um, sheesh, now that I – since I got hurt, I learned how much I miss playing football, so that's the biggest thing. What's the adjustment been like? I've spent a lot of time – I toured in country music. You can't tour in country music not spend a lot of time in Ames, Iowa. Ames, Iowa and New York are very different <laughs> places. So for you coming in and like hitting this off season now and like getting your feet under you in New York, what's been the biggest adjustment for you in life? Uh, it's, it was like a huge culture shock. You know, people from the Midwest, specifically from Ames, they're real, real nice and polite. Uh, you can be walking around somebody – that you don't know and they can talk to you like you've known them for 20 years but you come out here and you know people are a little more hard body you know they don't they're not as friendly as stuff like that so um, you definitely it wasn't too much of a selection and you come out to New York you have all the Italian food spots and um, all this Italian food Mexican food seafood just all this different stuff so um, yeah coming out here you you really get to see just how how much, how bigger you know um, a place where you where you're living could be. So it's been cool. Breeze, there was never a doubt in my mind you were going to be massively successful. It's been fun to watch you play. Can't wait to watch you get back on the field. Thanks for hanging out with us, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. And Harry, true story. First time I was traveling with Countdown to Game Day, uh, the first season of that show, which Harry does uh, all the time uh, still. Uh, the first year we went to Iowa State, and it was the first time Game Day had ever been to Iowa State. And I cracked up because here we are getting ready to go to Iowa State, and everybody from Game Day is like, well, what is there even to do in Ames? And I'm the one that stood up, and I'm like, I've been here like 18 times. I know Ames, Iowa well. I know where the bars are and the restaurants are. So, uh, you know, Ames, Iowa to New York, quite the culture shock. All right. Brees Hall won't answer the question. Harry will. Is Aaron Rodgers about to go from Green Bay to Gang Green? 
Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. All you got to do is, hey, play ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Harry, even as we get ready for the Super Bowl, we all know that all eyes are going to be on one Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like we almost have an obligation to talk about Aaron at some point during the week. I know. I know according to the That's reports. That's your bestie. That's well, your bestie. Like, he's sitting in his dark place, but I can only imagine he's recording all the content that he'll want to go back and listen to afterwards. I, or he's living out the, the the movie, A Quiet Place, where, like, nothing can be said, nothing can be done, but I'm the, uh, I'm the evil monster <laughs> that's haunting him, apparently, because every week we say something... You know, Tuesday he responds. So I feel like it's our responsibility to say something about Aaron Rodgers so that Tuesday he can fill content uh, with our buddy Pat. So it, it, this this comes last night at the NFL Honors uh, Ceremony. Obviously a lot of awards given out. Woody Johnson, the Jets owner, uh, was talking to Diana Rossini. Now, it should be no surprise that Diana is going to go out and ask a particular question about Aaron Rodgers becoming a Jet. This is the question and response. Do you have interest in bringing Aaron Rodgers to well, New York? You, you want the best quarterback that you can get to lead the Jets. And I think with a good quarterback and our great defense, and the defense will be a lot better with a quarterback, you know, that's actually doing it and a good running game and just what the, what the coach is talking about. Our special team is really good. And so well, it's plug and play. I mean, I think a quarterback comes in, it's, it's kind of an ideal situation. I mean, hear me out. Let, let, let me just play the beginning of this. Let me play the beginning. This is take take Diana's question out for a second. She says, "Do you have interest in bringing Aaron Rodgers?" Here's the answer. To well, New York? You, you want the best quarterback that you can get. You want the best quarterback that you can get. You don't say. Like, let's put a Captain Obvious cape on Woody Johnson and thank him for telling us that you want the best quarterback. But the problem is, we've all automatically assigned that to be Aaron Rodgers. Oh, this means Woody Johnson wants Aaron Rodgers. Well. I don't know, Harry. Tell me I'm crazy. Tell me I've lost my mind. Here's the funny part. I don't think they even need the best quarterback that, that's out there. Oh. I just think they need better than what the hell they had last season. And what I mean by that, yes, your, your, your quarterbacks combined together can't complete, you know, 56.9% of their passes, 15 touchdowns to 14 interceptions, or be the sole reasons why you lose football games and don't make it to the playoffs. Like, I, I don't think your quarterback can do that. I think if you add Jimmy Garoppolo, I think if you add Derek Carr, and of course if you add um, Aaron Rodgers, that's an upgrade from what they had last season. So I, I think for, for Woody Johnson, yes, you're going to go for the gusto. You're going to go for it all, and you don't mind spending money and going to get your guy. So, yes, you're going to try to go acquire Aaron Rodgers. Here's the thing. If that doesn't work, then you need to have plan A, B, C, and D. If, if, if your plan A doesn't work, you need to make sure you have backup plans to bring in somebody else because uh, I'm pretty sure Evan, our producer, doesn't want to witness what he witnessed, or neither does Greeny, Mike Greenberg. I don't think either one of those guys want to witness what they had to witness this season from the quarterback position from the guys that they have. The key words in the answer from Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, you want the best quarterback you can get, right? Yep. The, the, the last three words, you can get. None of this is going to be up to Woody Johnson. This is all up to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is sitting in his dark cave, uh, like singing to himself right now with no power around him and trying to get centered with whatever universal thing he wants to get centered with while he figures out what he wants next. 
the Jets are not going to have any say in where Aaron Rodgers plays because Aaron Rodgers is the only person that will have any say in that process. So, of course, all Woody Johnson said is you want the best quarterback you can get. Well, what if the best quarterback you can get is Andy Dalton? Like, I mean, if the same exact question had been answered by, or asked by Diana Rossini, are you guys interested in Andy Dalton? Well, you want the best quarterback you can get. Are you interested in Derek Carr? Well, you want the best quarterback you can get. Are you interested in Evan Wilner being your quarterback next year? Well, you want the best quarterback you can hold, get. Like, hold up, hold up. <laughs> you give look. You give Harry Douglas six months with three foot six Evan Wilner, and I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure Evan couldn't be a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. I'm just saying. Hey, I, you know what? I believe. I believe in Easy E. Easy E gonna throw me some darts. Yes, I call him Easy E, y'all. His okay, name is you, Evan, would, but I call him Easy E. Would Evan call himself Easy E when he walks in the room? Like Evan. Do you walk in the room and say, hey, guys, easy E. Can you just say the phrase, hey, guys, easy E here for us? Hey, guys, easy E here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This is amazing. This is amazing. (laughs) I I know. See, here's the thing. We all think that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets makes sense because the Jets are so close to being Super Bowl caliber with their roster. And we love to look at the Jets in New York and say this should work. I understand Woody Johnson even saying we want the best quarterback available, and if that quarterback happens to be Aaron Rodgers, sure, we gladly take him. They just don't have any say in this. Nobody but Aaron Rodgers and ultimately the Green Bay Packers have any say in it, so no matter what Woody Johnson says, it's meaningless. But you know what's the crazy thing about this all is that I really do I really do hope the Jets can get a quarterback uh, to have better quarterback play than they had a year ago. When you look at what they have on this football team and – you you heard Woody Johnson said in the piece that when you have a top defense in that in the National Football League, you need your quarterback to complement that as well, right? A guy who's not going to be the reason or diminish the play of your defense, in which that was the case a few years ago. I mean, uh, this past year. But also, he mentioned something in there that we can't ignore either. He wants that run game to be more valuable. He doesn't want everything to be on the quarterback's shoulders. He's also he also wants that run game to be, you know, at the forefront of things and what they do offensively too. Uh, it's interesting because everything you just pointed out really resonates to what Woody Johnson said, you know, which is such awareness to the roster. But he also, in saying you want the best quarterback available, like I think we have to understand over the last 48 hours, Derek Carr has met multiple times with the Saints. Does that mean he's going to be traded to the Saints or does that mean he's going to be cut and signed by the Saints? None of us know right now. But I think there's a really good chance Derek Carr could end up with the Saints. I also have been squarely on the record for months now saying Aaron Rodgers is going to end up back with Green Bay because the Packers aren't going to trade him for nothing and uh, they're not going to give him the opportunity to play somewhere else. All of a sudden, you want the best quarterback you can get might just be Jimmy G. And you might have a bidding war to get Jimmy G because multiple teams are going to look around and say, well, I could use Jimmy G too. Like, I, I, so I, got, I, got, I got to ask Evan this really quick. Evan, would you be okay with Jimmy Garoppolo being your quarterback next season? Yes. Like, sure, but the issue with Jimmy G is, like, I think I know too much, and I think Jimmy G has proven, like, he can't stay healthy. So if you're going with Jimmy G and then if he gets hurt, Zach Wilson – then probably not. Like, I've said this from the beginning. If the Jets have a chance to get Derek Carr before next Wednesday when the Raiders basically have to cut him, they should do that. They should just go and get Derek Carr, solve their biggest weakness, and make it happen. But if they don't get Derek Carr, then I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers. Let me. Well, of course you're all in on Aaron Rodgers. It's just, but I'm not <laughs> if they can get Derek Carr because it's more like Derek Carr, It's going. it can happen quicker. And, and what are you going to do when they can't get either? 
just think about oh, it's the I, I hate who? to be the bearer Jets? of bad news. Like I mean, uh, like I'd say the same thing to Greeny. And like Jets. I, like <laughs> what do you do when you can't get either? Because I think there's a real scenario where neither is available. And this is where every Jets fan gives me the same look Evan's giving me right now, which is, that doesn't make any sense. How would that even be possible? No, I'm just, it, it, it makes it sense. I just don't, like, I, I'm, I'm, that's the nightmare scenario. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, I will give you, I will give you hope. You want hope? I will give you hope. Oh, uh, Devin, do you have do you have, uh, Devin? Devin, put his finger up. You got you got a better solution, Devin? Well, no, I just I have the official sound of what it's going to sound like if Evan gets n- neither of these quarterbacks. It's going to sound a little bit like this. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> Why do what? you like? I mean, it? What, shout out uh, shout out to all my breastfeeding mothers out there. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give them. I love. I love y'all. I love you all. And then I'm going to give you two words, and these two words are going to give you hope when you end up not even getting Jimmy G as your quarterback. Those two we words. Have to dump. Those two words. Geno Smith. Because Ooh. it wasn't that long ago that Seahawks fans, and I know Seahawks fans, that were like, we're done. This thing's over. We're just going to tank this year. And Geno Smith went out there and balled out. Now my guy's going to get himself paid. Would you take Geno really well. Smith, Evan? Would you take Geno? Yeah. I, would, I never would have gotten rid of Gino, so yes. But a year okay. ago, most people wouldn't have said that. So the hope becomes for Jimmy G that he can go somewhere and have a Geno Smith-like renaissance. Look at me being a beacon of light in a dark, mm-hmm. dark world. Turn into college basketball action. Tune in to college basketball action tomorrow. Virginia hosts Duke. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. All right, coming up, a conversation you don't want to miss about the best to ever play in the NFL. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hanging out with Louisville Hall of Famer Harry Douglas. Say it one more time again. Louisville Hall of Famer oh, Harry my, Douglas. My bad, Evan. I'm just putting some respect. I'm not doing this right, Harry. I'm just putting some respect on your name. Oh, you got to use a K. Respect. That's what I, that's what I did. Respect. The respect. With some I, respect. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't work right for me, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> Absolutely nothing screams respect like getting into the Hall of Fame. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel Lady, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And along with the NFL honors last night, we got some news in the NFL about the Hall of Fame. And this is always an interesting process because, uh, A, let me say loudly, I don't think that there's anything easy about the Hall of Fame process for the voters. Uh, I sympathize with everybody trying to figure out who belongs in and who belongs out. And, you know, the number of times I hear, well, why isn't this person in? And my follow-up question is always, okay, well, who are you kicking out of this class? Like, nothing is easy about it. But my first thought, uh, one in the morning when I was hosting SportsCenter on Snap, when I saw this list come out, I thought, man, my guy Harry Douglas played a bunch against a bunch of these guys, and I cannot wait to get his thoughts. So for anyone that hasn't seen, Joe Thomas, Zach Tom- uh, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Darrell Revis, Rondé Barber, Don Coriel, uh, Chuck Howley, uh, Joe Klecko, and Ken Riley have now been inducted into the Hall of Fame. And Harry, there's guys that you played against here. There's guys that you know here. Uh, what did you think when you saw the class reveal? Um, I really enjoyed it. I think Darrell Revis, man, was a guy. He he's the number one guy that stood out to me. I was able to play against uh, Revis in college when he was at Pittsburgh and I was at Louisville, but also got a chance to play against him in the National Football League as well. And 
always a guy at the line of scrimmage, very patient, um, strong with his jam, but a guy that was very, very smart and understood the game at a very, very high level, uh, so much so to the point to where he had an island name after him, which was Revis Island. So mm. uh, a ton of shots out to him. But he's a guy that I've seen from college to the National Football League. And I remember when my brother was in New York playing for the Knicks at the time, I went and visited him. And um, it was a guy on his team, the Jets, that I played with in college. And he was telling me, he was like, Harry, listen, we have a lockdown, shutdown corner. He was like, I was like, who? I was like, who? He was like, Darrell Reeves. And I knew how good Reeves was in, um, in college. And I was like, okay, cool. So just being able to watch it pan out was phenomenal. The other guy, Rondé Barber, I think was one of the smartest corners and might be overall the best one I went against because he played in a slot. He played outside. He can move to safety. He can blitz. He can sack the quarterback. He got interceptions. But the intangibles and his smartness um, about the game of football and understanding, you know, splits and, you know, formations and being able to do it at a, at a very high level for a long time. He was just a damn pest to play against. So two guys that I played against, DeMarcus Ware, the year I didn't get to play against him, I tore my ACL that year. But uh, Joe Klecko, I played with Joe Klecko's son, Dan Klecko, um, in Atlanta. So uh, a lot of uh, familiar people that I know. Well, Joe Thomas is somebody I think a lot of people know well around ESPN. He's been on a bunch of shows here and obviously does a lot of podcast work. You kind of see Joe everywhere. It really stood out to me, you know, in the world of the way we talk about different players, that you're talking about somebody that played for the Browns his entire career, had a winning record once his rookie year, a winning record one time in 11 seasons, never played in a postseason game. Ten Pro Bowl selections, eighth most for an offensive lineman. But the funny thing is to me, and I know it's different. Everybody will tell me it's different. But let me just say this, Harry. Think Mm -hmm. about that. If we were talking about a quarterback that had one winning season in 11 years, never played in a postseason game, there's no way that quarterback makes the Hall of Fame. It speaks to Joe Thomas's greatness that he did it with the dysfunctional organization, but it also just sort of hit me that it's it's tougher at certain positions to just take somebody away from their team success. Like, with an offensive lineman, you can look at the individual and say, man, you couldn't win those games by yourself. We just don't hold that same standard when it comes to quarterbacks because of the expectations we heap on them. Well, it also tells you that in order for Joe Thomas to make the Hall of Fame um, with having one winning seasons, he has to be a damn good player as well. And he did it, I would say, Fitz, not complaining, just going about his business and being a great teammate. I know a lot of people who who, who are close to him and, and say he's the ultimate teammate, a guy that you want in your locker room, um, a guy that you want, you know, fighting for you on, in, in every case possible. So uh, congrats to Joe Thomas. He's another guy I actually played against him too. Uh, sorry, Joe. Didn't mean didn't mean to forget to mention you. So uh, yeah, you don't want to forget Joe because like I don't know if you've seen him uh, lately, but he did one of those like uh, oh, yeah. like workout warrior like American he Gladiator tra- he type shows. Down a lot, man. Yeah, my my guy looks like he could go out there and absolutely just like throw you around. Uh, by the way, Thomas and Revis were in their uh, were in their first year of eligibility. Each finished their career in 2017. That's special to me, you know, and, yep. and something that you hear the phrase all the time, first ballot Hall of Famer, to the point that it's almost become numb for us, Harry. But I think when you get in as a first ballot Hall of Famer, it really speaks to the level of greatness you accomplish. Like all Hall of Famers are great, yeah. but when there's no question about a first ballot, I think sometimes we take that for granted. I think it's the 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 ultimate, you know, respect that a lot of people can pay to you in your game and your play on the football field. So uh, you're going against a, a lot of your peers in which they, they were the best coming from, you know, their colleges. 
but now everyone bunched together and you'd be able to be a first ballot Hall of Famer that, that lets you know that you did a lot of things right. Um, and you can also, you know, spread that love along the way uh, as you're retired now. There's only, if I had if I had one wish for the Hall of Fame, my only wish <laughs> is that they would separate it a little bit from the announcement we got last night because we spent so much time talking about the MVP. We spent so much time talking about mm-hmm. offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, all of these contemporary awards that matter so much to the NFL. I wish they would separate the NFL Hall of Fame a little bit from it so that the legends can get the respect that the legends deserve. I know we do that in August, but there's nothing more special special than the moment that you you we see the videos of, of the guy knocking on the door to let him know that they got into the Hall of Fame. And I, I love to see that moment get a little bit more love. I want to take a, a moment and just tip the cap as we've been doing all show for the award uh, winners, especially for this Hall of Fame class. Uh, we'll keep breaking down all the action you need to know. We're going to get more Super Bowl breakdowns now from one of our favorite experts coming up with us next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 